Praise the Lord. We are in a study of the revelation of Jesus Christ, of Christ being revealed in his church. And this will be the eighth or ninth lesson on that. And there's so much I want to look at and share. So if it be the Lord's will, we'll probably be here for some time. Just some thoughts that's in my heart is sight, seeing, light. You know, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. His face shined as the sun, giving light at the Mount of Transfiguration. There's, there's just so much to see and say when we begin to look at his revealing, his revelation in you and I, who are his. Amen. Because that's where he's revealed at, in those that are his. So consider again John 14. In John 14, verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. Notice this word, see. Neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Glory to God. So Jesus says he's going to pray the Father, and the Father's going to give you another comforter. He's speaking to his disciples and to his church. And that the comforter, when he comes, he's going to dwell in you. He's going to dwell in you. That's going to be the place of his dwelling. And then he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But you see me because I live, ye shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Now, there's a lot of words and thoughts here to break down in John 14. I will come to you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The world seeth me no more, but you see me. Now, I'm sure I've asked this question before. How can I see the Lord or the disciples see the Lord, but the world not seeing because he left the world? Just like he said, I came forth from the Father and came into the world. And again, I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. 
So he came and was manifest in the flesh, and he went back to the spirit. So how I can see him and the world can't see him is through the spirit of truth. It's the spirit of truth. Jesus calls himself the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So here we go. He says he's going to come again. He's going to come to you. And the world's not going to see him, but you will. And you're going to know that you're in him, and he's in you, and he's in God. And he's going to disclose himself to, to you. I will manifest, exhibit, disclose myself. That's what the word manifest here means, to exhibit or disclose, appear, declare plainly, inform, show, signify. So, so he's saying to the disciples, when the spirit of truth comes, I'm going to show myself to you. I'm going to come to you. My father and I shall come and make our abode with you. Because Judas asked him, how is it you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? My father and I shall come and make our abode with you. And this is all through the Spirit, and we must comprehend this through the Spirit of God. Amen. Now, as we look at this, I want us to review a couple places we've been. Hebrews 9. He says in Hebrews 9, or it says in Hebrews 9, 28, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him, shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Now, a question I have for us, is this a different appearing than the one Jesus talked about in John 14, where he says, I will disclose myself to you. I will reveal, make known myself to you. Because most or many people teach it as a different coming and a different appearing, that he shall appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Now, we teach Christ in you as salvation, receiving the Lord, the Lord coming into you as salvation. So if he appears unto salvation, could it simply be him appearing in you? Well, absolutely. It absolutely can, and I believe is that, that they that look for him, this is how the world, the world's not going to see him, but those that look for him, he will appear. He will make himself known. He will manifest himself to them. Those that look for him, that's who he's going to appear Two is those that are seeking, setting their hearts on the Lord. And the word appear here 
deals with the to gaze, to gaze upon, and it deals with not just natural gazing, but spiritual comprehension to look at with your eyes wide open. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. So he appears the second time or the second unto salvation. And we look at him unto the salvation of God that we have received. Now, Ephesians 1. I was going to go to Colossians 3 first, but we're going to go to Ephesians 1. Ephesians chapter 1 says, Wherefore, verse 15, After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. So your eye seeing, your eyes of understanding, the eyes of deep thought. This word understanding here is dealing with deep thought, the eyes of the understanding enlightened in the knowledge of him. So what we're dealing with is to use the mind the deep thought of our heart, of our mind. Hallelujah to the Lamb of uh, the living God. This word, understanding, is a Greek word, 1271 in the Strong's. And it means to use the mind, movement from one side of an issue to the other, to reach balance com conclusions, full orb reasoning, critical thinking. So Paul is praying that our mind would come to the knowledge of him. that our deep thought would come to the knowledge of Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That is such a powerful statement. And I want to capture what I'm hearing. So, first off, the knowledge of him, when, when, we talk, when Paul's talking about the eyes of our understanding being enlightened in the knowledge of him, let us gather this back up in our heart and mind that he's in us. So him that's in us, the knowledge of him that's in us, 
the knowledge of him that we are in. John 14, 20, again, at that day, you shall know I am in the Father, ye and me, and I in you. So, so now we're in the knowledge of him that is in us. And the deep thought of our mind is to see him that we're in. Glory to God by the Spirit of God, through revelation by the Spirit of God. And that's, to me, what Ephesians 1 is, is really dealing with when you read the whole of what the Apostle Paul writes, that you may know the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, that I might know <laughs> the power toward us who believe. And I know that through revelation of him, the eyes of my heart enlightened in the knowledge of him. Not enlightened in the knowledge of Adam, but enlightened in the place that I now reside, now in Christ Jesus, now in the reality of that day that Jesus declared that we would be in him. The greatness of his power toward us who believe as he brought us out of death into himself. And my eyes have to be open to this. And that's what, what, he's, what Paul is writing, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and have put all things up under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. He's far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and he fills the church with himself. I mean, I mean, getting a hold of this should be our Christian experience that we're seeing by the Spirit of God the revelation of Him that dwells within us. It's not just like we see what Jesus did as an outside event. I mean, we do. We see that in the Word of God. We see that in our Bibles. We read that. We should be reading that daily. But we're seeing that in our soul in our mind, the soul, the suke, the psyche, the there's an extraordinary work of God going on in us to understand what he's done in Christ, to understand this business of being in Christ, to make it real. And the power of this is what he did when he raised him from the dead. He, he destroyed 
all principalities and powers. So, so this great work God did is kept through the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. He raised from the dead and is seated at the right hand of God. So everything that Jesus conquered, everything that Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection is in the right hand, the authority of God. And it's applied to you and I who are his body. Now, let us see the greatness of his power toward us who believe that God raised him from the dead. Now, the power of that is toward you and I to be raised from the dead, to come to his life. And that's what Paul is praying, that our eyes be open to him. My Lord and my God, what salvation we've come to, that we would see him, that we would look for him to appear. Because he said, I go away and the world doesn't see me no more, but you shall see me. I will disclose myself to you. And he discloses himself in this glory, in this magnitude, in this greatness, as he that is victorious over death, over the devil, over sin, over lies, over hypocrisies, over all these works of the flesh. And honey, this is to be worked in you and me to enjoy him that we're joined to, him that's our life. Now, Colossians 3, and I know we were in these scriptures last week, but it's okay. We may be in them again next week, and that's okay. But Colossians 3 says, if you then be risen with Christ. New American Standard says, therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, seek those things which are above, back to the King James, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. See, here's the authority again. Seek the things which are above. The things that are above are in his authority, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For you're dead and your life is hid with Christ and God. When Christ who is our life shall appear. Do you reckon this is the same thing Jesus said, I will disclose myself to you. He's our life. He's in us. When he discloses himself, when he manifests himself, this word appear here as finero, which means to render apparent, says when he appears, then shall we, shall you also appear with him in glory. So when he appears, we appear with him. But we're joined to him. We're one with him, according to the Apostle Paul. 
and the seal of this, the strength of this, is he sits on the right hand of God. So this is how sure this is. This is through the power of Jesus Christ. This is his power. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. Set your affections. Seek those things which are above. Set your affections. Now, that... is dealing with directing our minds, directing our hearts toward Christ. Because he's what's above. The things of him is what's above. That's what he says in John 8, I am from above, you're from beneath. You're from beneath, and I'm from above. You're of this world, I am not of this world. So our mind is to be set toward that which is above, who is Christ, who's above all things. So that's where we're setting our hearts is toward him, toward the knowing of him. That he would appear. So we're going to exercise our minds in this. In this word is used in other places in our Bible, like when Jesus told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savest not the things that be of God. See, see, the savoring, the setting of the mind of the heart is not of God, but on the things of men. It's also used in Romans 8, 1, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that, that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. So Paul is saying, be mindful, exercise your mind entertain your mind in the things of God. Set them in Christ. Now, I probably don't have the answer to all that mean to everything that that means, but that's the turning of the heart. One of the brothers we fellowship with talks about agreeing with God. God says we're in Christ. So I'm going to set my mind to being in Christ, and I'm going to open myself up to the Lord and say, Lord, show me all that's in Christ. What does this mean? I'm in Christ. I can quote the scripture, I'm a new creation, creative God in Christ Jesus Show me the reality of this. This is the power of him toward us who believe. 
that we're new creatures, that the old has passed away, that our sins and iniquities are remembered no more. This is the power of him, and it's toward us who believe it's sealed in his power, in that God raised him from the dead, and that victory of his resurrection and his seating in heavenly places is toward you and I. That's, I want to say that seals it. He's the power of it. He's the surety of it. That now what we are to come to know in salvation is that of him. We're coming to know one that didn't have the same issues that we have. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Jesus, the Bible says, was the express image of the Father. So he expressed God all the time. I do always that that pleases my Father. Now we're coming into a relationship with him that always pleases God. He's our life. If, if we could get a hold of that, that we're in a relationship with the one that pleases God, that he's our life, that Christ, our life, who pleases God, dwells in me. Now, if that transforming light and life that he is will fill my soul with the glory of that, the reality of that, that pleases the Father, then through us will be the manifestation of that. What, what a powerful understanding that we dwell in the one that pleases God. Now, most or many Christians have never considered that. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work to please God. I'm going to try to please God. Well, you dwell in the one that pleases God. You dwell in the one that's one with the Father. <laughs> that's who you dwell in. That's the salvation that has come. That's John 14 again. Ye and me and I and you. So my heart turns to know him because he pleases God, that my heart would be transformed from this earth man that doesn't please God to this heavenly man that does. Hallelujah. Walk in the light as he is in the light. And we have fellowship one with, an, with another. And the blood of his son cleanses us from all sin. What does that mean? Walk in the light as he is in light. Walk in the understanding of him. Walk in the understanding of him and we have fellowship one with another. We have fellowship with each other in Christ Jesus. He's our fellowship. 
He's our union and relationship with one another. And see, the glory of this is when you see him in this way, you want all to have what you have. The, the selfish side is taken care of through the work of the cross because we're not here declaring ourselves how great we are. We're declaring the greatness of him that raised out from the dead, who is our salvation, who has come to live within us to transform our souls, to change our minds, that we have the mind of Christ, that we're in union with God. Just, just that statement, the mind of Christ. And this statement I said earlier, Jesus always did that that pleased the Father. Wow. We are in a place where we can experience that. Yes, that they may be one as we are one. That's what he prayed. That's what he prayed. That's the salvation we've come to. And the surety of it is Christ himself. Is he himself? He that died he that was buried, and he that raised from the dead and was glorified and seated at the right hand, the authority of God. So wherever God appears, wherever the presence of God is made real, this Christ is in the presence and is the authority of God in the church. So when I, when I look at First Peter, which we have read as well in some of these studies, blessed, verse 3, First Peter, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy have begotten us again into a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible. <laughs> We're joint heirs with Christ. Yes, we're in an incorruptible inheritance, undefiled, and a fate if not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God, Christ seated at the right hand of God. Through salvation, through, through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So here again, we're kept by the power of God. We're kept by him that raised from the dead. These, these great promises are kept by him, are made sure by him. That's, that's what I wanted to break in. Yeah, we're kept by him, but I want to really bring out how that the promises, the inher incorruptible inheritance is made sure by him who died to sin, to the old man, crucified the old man, buried the old man, and raised out from the old man, 
that we would come to this incorruptible inheritance that Christ is our life, not the old man. He's our life, not the old man. And the sureness of this is by Jesus Christ himself. That's the sureness of this. Is he himself. Glory to the Lamb of God. You have borne the image of the earthy. You shall bear the image of the heavenly. So, so we, we, have, we come to the incorruptible inheritance of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is incorruptible. The incorruptible seed of God. We're born of the incorruptible seed to the inheritance of the incorruptible one. So we come to the inheritance of him. We're joint heirs, as Paul writes, with Christ into this magnificent glory that we may see him as he is and be transformed in our minds and hearts that his expression would be shown in the earth. And and uh, the Lord was dealing with me in this scripture. I'm about to come to a close, but in Genesis. So, so we'll, we'll probably start looking at this next week. But in Genesis 13 says, after Lot had departed, the Lord said to Abraham, now lift up your eyes from the place where you are and look to the north, the south, the east, and the west. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust of the earth, the then your offspring could be counted. Get up and walk around the land through its length, depth, breadth, and height, for I will give it to you. See, <laughs> we're in Christ. And you know, the so here's Abraham's answer. He said, so Abraham moved his tent and went to live near the Oaks of Mamre at Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. So, so Abraham received this. He built an altar to the Lord. So we're in Christ. And, 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 and when we hear this, lift up your eyes and look. Look at what you have in Christ. Look at it. Set your affections on it. Just like you read in 1 Corinthians 2, you have the mind of Christ. Set your affection on having the mind of Christ. Walk through the length, the depth, the breadth, and height of him. That's what Paul says in the book of Ephesians. The length, the depth, the breadth, and height of him. Because that's what we have. Is that of him. To come to know the love of God, to come to know the love of Christ, which passes understanding. To come to know his divine person. As the apostle Peter writes, that the incorruptible nature of God 
is given unto us, that, that such precious promises, the incorruptible nature of God. This is, this is what Paul is talking about, setting your affections to and to walk in. Now that you're in Christ Jesus the Lord, set your affections on these things of him, this that's above the earth, this that's heavenly, the ways of God that we could never attain to in ourselves. Going back to Isaiah the prophet, my ways are not thy ways. God said my ways are past finding out. And then here come the ways of God expressed in the man, Jesus Christ, declaring I and the Father are one, declaring I always do that that pleases the Father. Father, glorify thou them with with the glory that I have with thee. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Set your affections. Let you and I set our affections upon him that we might see the salvation that God has brought us into and declare it in the earth, that we would declare the greatness of his glory. My Lord and my God, we are joined to the Lord Jesus Christ, members of the body of the Lord, that he would fill us with himself. He would fill us with his very own being and substance. Set our affections upon him. Well, we'll stop here considering the length, the depth, the breadth, and the height of Christ. Abraham looked at the land that he inherited by faith. He believed God and went after it. Well, folks, I'm saying let's believe God and let's run after Jesus as hard as we can with our hearts and our minds that his fullness would be revealed in us to transform us into the same image, to make us his very own body, very own. And I, and I hear that in being in Christ, being his very own being, being made known in us transforming us by his power into that that he is. Amen. Amen. Just like the caterpillar is transformed to the butterfly, speaking of what's happened to you and I in Christ, that we would soar in the heavens of him, declaring him in the earth. May Jesus Christ the Lord be exalted. May God fill us with his divine presence. Glory to the Lamb of the living God. Amen.